Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. to the RF Sports Radio Show. I'm your host, Rodney Fisher. I'll be joined by my co-host, Royce Fisher, here in just a second. On today's show, we'll get into the NFL, do a week one wrap-up, things that we expected to happen, things we did not expect to happen, and the impact of some very, very good new NFL players in the league right now. We're also going to talk a little bit about the Mavericks as well. They introduced their new Fab Five. Uh, Royce is on hand for that, so we'll talk to you guys a lot about that. Those that are listening live, we're taking your calls as well. Of course, you can always find us online at rfsportsradio.com or go to Twitter and find us at twitter.com slash rfsportsradio. And, of course, you can listen to our live feed by going to TuneIn Radio app on your phone and punching in RFSN. So without further ado, let me bring on the star of our show, the one, the one man that everyone wants to listen to, the one and only, the impeccable, Mr. Roy Fisher. Man, how are you doing, man? Rodney, how you doing, man? Good, man. Is the intro getting uh, better? Uh, you like yeah, it? That, don't it, like it? it? It's great. Listen, I'm in a good mood anyway this week. Uh, week one of NFL football is already in the record books, man. And I tell you what, I enjoyed Sunday. That George Wednesday. Yeah. Started Wednesday. Yeah, started Wednesday. Started. Like you said, we, we right. talked about that on Thursday. Then Sunday, I, I tell you what, man, Sunday I enjoyed that so much because I got a chance just to sit down and watch all the games I wanted to watch. It really let me know how much I missed football, you know, the way things went on Sunday. And there were good games to watch, too. And then, you know, Sunday you already knew your Cowboys had won, so I know you were oh, yeah. I was happy on Sunday knowing that they beat the uh, world champion Giants, uh, which I've been waiting on. Yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. So let's jump right into it and start off with week one of the NFL. Of course, you talked about the Cowboys and Giants. So let's jump into the schedule as it as it goes through and kind of give you guys a quick wrap-up of some of these games. The Colts and the Bears, the debut of Andrew Luck, didn't go that well, let's just say that. Luck didn't have a very good game. He did go 23-45, 309-yards, one touchdown. Of course, had some turnovers, some interceptions as well, as the Bears beat the Colts 41-21. I know everybody thought Luck was going to be so polished, but, again, 
let's keep in mind he's on a two win team, right? So it's okay. not it's not like gonna have a quick turnaround that fast. I know we had to pump the brakes a little bit. But more importantly, Jay Cutler, twenty one for thirty five, three hundred and thirty three yards, two touchdowns, hundred and nineteen passing yards to Brandon Marshall. And that was huge. Matt Forte had yeah. a good game, eighty yards rushing, one T D. Even Michael Bush contributed a lot for that team as well too. Tell me about this game, Royce, how impressed you are about the Bears and, of course, Andrew Luck's debut. I was very impressed with the Bears. Uh, you know, you said it from the get-go. You picked them uh, pretty high on your pick. But uh, like you said, Ron wasn't built in a day. This was a two-win team, you know, and Andrew Luck is not going to be the savior. But all in all, I'm surprised. He didn't have a two, you know, real good debut. But I thought the difference was Matt Forte, 80 yards, rushing. And, you know, you said Brendan Marshall uh, with the one touchdown. But that was the difference. I was really impressed with the Bears. Yeah, I was very impressed with the Bears. And, like I said, Michael Bush contributed a lot as well, too. Had a great day running the ball. And if the Bears right. can continue to have this offensive attack, they've always been known as a defensive team. But, I mean, now Jay Cutler has those weapons that he really needs, especially Brandon Marshall, who I think, yeah, he's, judging from right. what I saw, I think he'll lead the league in receptions this year. I think that'd be an easy, right. easy way to go. Let's jump to the uh, Philadelphia Eagles and the Cleveland Browns. The Eagles had some trouble trying to beat the Browns. Uh, they went 17-16 on a late-game touchdown pass by Michael Vick, and Michael Vick had four picks in this game. He went 29 for 56, 317 yards. Two touchdowns, although he had four picks. Brandon Whedon, another rookie that's starting, Royce, 12 for 35. He had a worse day than Andrew Luck did. 118 yards, zero touchdowns. Trenton Richardson, another running back, uh, but a rookie. 19 carries, 39 yards. Still trying to work on that bum knee. And the Cleveland Browns looked like they couldn't get anything done. Their defense kept them in it. But I think Michael Vick just had a really, really bad game. And I'm surprised he had such a bad game. And Still put up 317 yards and two touchdowns. Well, thank God they were playing Cleveland. Had, had there been anybody else, they'd have lost that one. But they did escape uh, Cleveland with a, with a big throwing four interceptions. Uh, wasn't a great debut for them, but I, I'm not going to write them off just yet. I think it was just a bad game for Big. What do you think about how the Eagles opened up the season? I mean, a lot of expectations for them. You've got them ranked higher than the Cowboys this season. How do you feel about the way they started off? Well, it wasn't a great start, but, you know, everybody's going to have that game where it's not going to be so great. Hopefully this is the one for the Eagles. They come out and play better next week. They're playing a better team next week. And uh, I'm still reserving my judgment. But I'm going to change my pick about ranking them higher than the Cowboys after what I saw with tonight. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it'd be easy, easy assumption to make. Let's jump to the other game that had to take a late-game touchdown to win the game. That was Matthew Stafford and the Detroit Lions. They beat the Rams 27-23. The Rams hung in there as long as they could, put up some points. Uh, Sam Bradford was 17 for 25, 198 yards, one touchdown. And, of course, Matthew Stafford had some turnovers as well, had some interceptions but went 32 for 48, 355 yards, one TD. And, of course, Megatron, six receptions, 111 yards, nothing new there. But the Lions kind of didn't really – no, he had no touchdowns in that game. 
And, and but the Lions kind of came out, you know, stumbling out the blocks a little bit, had to get their late game touchdown to go, go for the win. Yeah, and you know, I was kind of impressed with the Rams. They did put up a pretty good fight. They gave themselves a chance to win this game. For the course, Stanford with that winning tizzy touchdown, that did it for him. Could have went either way. Yeah, I was very surprised. But this is one of those games I think that as a young quarterback like Matthew Stafford is, we know he's got a good arm. We know he's got good weapons with Megatron. But to have this game where he kind of puts it on his shoulder, gets the win, late game touchdown, that's what you kind of build a good legacy on top of. And it's one of those games I think that we'll look back Long before his, after his career is done, they kind of look back and say, hey, this could have been that turning point for Matthew Stafford having that late game, knowing that they can trust him with the football late in the game. Absolutely. 355 yards, man, great day. I mean, he, he's a gunslinger. He is a gunslinger. Let's jump to the Patriots who get the win over the Titans. Of course, I picked the Titans to win. And I guess I was the only yeah, one in America that picked the win. I called you out on that one, too. I called you out on number two. The Patriots put a whipping on the Titans 34-13. to 13. It wasn't close at all. Uh, Tom Brady, of course, back to being Tom Brady. 23 for 31, 236 yards, two touchdowns. Steven Ridley, big game for him. 21 carries, 125 yards, one TD. Brandon Lloyd caught five passes for only 69 yards. But, again, it was the two tight ends, Anthony Hernandez, uh, Big Gronk, both of those guys putting a, putting a whooping on the Titans. And the Titans, I mean, I know Jake Locker is starting, you know, now, but 23 for two, for twenty three for 32, 229 yards, one TD. And he was a leading rusher, Royce, with two carries and 11 yards. I mean, Chris yeah. Johnson had, I, what, nine yards in the game? I, I mean, I, I you, you can't that. win a game if Jake, if Jake Locker is going to be a leading rusher when you got Chris Johnson. Yeah. Absolutely right, and I feel sorry for the guys that had Chris Johnson on their fantasy team. They got nothing out of him this week. But uh, they did all this without Wes Welker. And, you know, 14 yards, deception. You know, just imagine when he gets going, what this Patriot team is going to look like. Let me ask you something about Wes Welker. A lot's being made after seeing how the game plan worked out uh, for New England in, in week one that they kind of phasing Wes Welker out of the offense since they have the two tight ends, Hernandez and Ronkowski. But do you think that this is what we can expect from Wes Welker, not to be that lead receiver like he's been every year in the NFL? Listen, they have so many weapons. He could have played the decoy. Trust me, that's going to go around. Uh, once they start coming to tight ends, they'll go back to him. But uh, I look for him to still have a great year. He's still a threat. Yeah, I think he's still a threat as well, too. This quarterback we're going to talk about next, I think we had one of the biggest days, if not the biggest day on Sunday, and that was Matty Ice, Matt Ryan for the Atlanta Falcons. They put up 40 points to beat the Chiefs, 40-24. to But Matt Ryan had four TDs, three touchdowns he threw and one he rushed for, was 23 for 31, 299 yards. And, of course, Michael Turner didn't have a great day, 11 carries, 32 yards, but he didn't have to do anything because Julio Jones, a guy on my fantasy team, six receptions, 108 yards, two touchdowns. I think this offense right now, Royce, is clicking, uh, clicking a yeah. lot. It, we've seen him do this before, but this feels different. Right. 
I think Ryan established himself uh, yesterday as, as one of the top quarterbacks. Yeah, you got to put him in the top five or six. A huge day for him. And if you're a Falcon fan, you got to be excited about this team and the weapons they have. Like you say, Julio Jones, six receptions, 108 yards. Young Matt Grimes that seemed to be have came into his own already. So if you're a Falcon fan, you got to be happy. I think for those guys to make it to the playoffs. I tell you what, one thing about the Chiefs, although they, they did get the loss, although they were at home, you know, you to see the Jamal Charles. I'm sorry, go ahead. You picked the Chiefs, right? No, no, no. I picked the Falcons to win that game. Picked the Falcons, okay. The, the thing, the thing about the the uh, the Chiefs, I was going to say, is that seeing Jamal Charles coming back from that big injury last season, had 16 carries, 87 yards. That was a great sign for the Chiefs. And of course, Dexter McCluster, who's kind of their hybrid back. Kind of catches a lot of balls as a receiver, also runs the ball, has six receptions for 82 yards. So I think that the offense for Kansas City will click in. Matt Castle, 258 yards. But they just had too many turnovers. Had three turnovers, and the Falcons didn't turn the ball over not one time in that game. I thought that was nice, too. I was just going to say that time of possession was close. Uh, Kansas City actually dominated time of possession. They were 31 minutes. Atlanta had it for 28 minutes. Uh, offensive yards, uh, Atlanta had 376. Kansas had 393. So, really, it wasn't a bad day offensively, but the three turnovers really killed them. That's up to an overtime game real quick. We did have one in week one of the NFL, and, and of course, the Jaguars trying to reroute, you know, everyone's expectations for them. They do take the Minnesota Vikings to the limit. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because, you know, the Vikings are not a very good team. They did get the win 26-23 in overtime after a overtime uh, field goal for the Vikings. But the biggest story of this game has to be Adrian Peterson coming back from a torn ACL, MCL that he did on on uh, New Year's Eve of last year, Christmas Eve, excuse me, of last year, and he had 17 carries, 84 yards, two touchdowns, for this guy to bounce back from injury like that and to run the ball like the way he did, they, they, they can't be short of amazing. And, you know, Rodney, this game was so much equal. You know, it could have went either way. Uh, great debut for Peterson, man. He's back. But also, Jones Drew had 19 carries, 77 yards, and we know he hadn't been in training camp. But uh, I thought it was a great game. It, it could have went down to the wire, went in overtime, first overtime game. And a great win for the Vikings. Uh, I think let they stole one. Let me ask you about the Jaguars. I mean, they played them pretty tough, although, they, again, it's not a very good team. But Blaine Gabbert did have uh, Dinko 23 for 39, 260 yards, two touchdowns. Of course, he's missing Justin Blackman, their number one pick right. from, the, from, uh, from the draft. What do you think about the chance for the Jaguars after you saw their offense for the first time? I, I think they're going to be in pretty good shape. Uh, they let this one get away. Uh, like Gavin was, he was great. Two touchdown passes, 260 he was great. I think they have a lot to build on, and uh, this is just one that they got, got could have went either way. Kind of got away from them. Two two young quarterbacks, both playing Gavin and Christian So again, we'll see what these guys are able to do in this season, trying to get their second season under their belt. Let's jump to the biggest surprise for me, uh, and this has to be the Washington Redskins putting up 40 points 
on the New Orleans Saints. They beat the Saints 40-32, to although it wasn't even that close, to be honest. I mean, the Saints had a late rally with 15 points in the fourth quarter when it was pretty much well over. But RG3, as good as advertised, 19 for 26, 320 yards, two touchdowns. And Drew Brees threw, threw three touchdowns and 339 yards, but was 24 for 52. Couldn't really connect with any of the wide receivers. Overthrowing guys, underthrowing guys. This was a huge surprise for me, so I want to take it in two parts. Let's start, first of all, in giving credit what credit is due with RG3. How impressed were you with the poise that he showed? No interceptions, no turnovers in the offense, and still put up 320 yards, two touchdowns in that Superdome. Ronnie, I have one word for Robert Griffin. Dazzling, man. The guy was fantastic. Great debut. They dominated time of possession. They dominated offensive yards. They had 464 yards of offense. I mean, the guy, he, he's ready. I mean, you talking about somebody being NFL ready. He's ready. I was very impressed with him. We knew he had talent. But, I mean, it get, does get a red skin. Uh, a very good chance, and I think the Cowboys better look out. I was very impressed by Robert Griffin III, the Redskins. I mean, the guy goes seven for seven right off the bat. And you look at his target receiver right in, at the beginning was Pierre Garçon, who was right. a great receiver, had four receptions, 109 yards, one touchdown. And that was in the first half. I mean, he didn't even play in the second half after he got hurt. And we right. know this is going to be his target guy. And not only that, but once he went down and went out of the game, they, they were still able to spread spread the ball around. They got it to Fred Davis. They got it to Robinson, who was another rookie receiver who I was very impressed right. by. But Robert Griffin did not show that he was a rookie whatsoever. Had a lot of poise, stood in the pocket and delivered the ball, took the hits, ran when it was time to run, made great decisions. And that goes to show you that, that an athlete of his caliber can play the quarterback position. And we're seeing more and more of these pure athletes. They may not be the best thrower or the best pocket passer or the best runner for that matter, but just overall all-around good athletes are really getting a better chance to kind of be NFL quarterbacks. And think you're going to see something with RG3 that's more of a combination. It could be a combination of an arm of Warren Moon, a running of Randall Cunningham, and a toughness like a Tim Tebow. He could be that guy. He could be the all-around package guy. And you're right, the Cowboys need to be very concerned with the Redskins. They always play the Cowboys tough no matter what their schedule is, no matter what their record is. And they they can really go into this season with a good record. I mean, I'm surprised they beat the Saints, number one, right. in the Superdome. Well, we knew the Saints were in trouble. We talked, I, mean, I talked about that earlier when we did our picks. Of course, you know, three turnovers. You can't turn the ball over three times to anybody now in the NFL. But you're absolutely right. This is a new uh, type of quarterback. We saw it with Michael Vick. It continued last year uh, with uh, – uh, I can't think of his name. He's up in the with the Jets now. No, not Cam Newton. Uh, the guy with the Jets, Sanchez. Uh Tim Tebow? Now, yeah, Tim Tebow. We saw it last year with T- Tim Tebow. He, he's an athletic guy, not so much a quarterback, but athleticism makes him better. I see the same thing with Robert Griffith. You know, he, he's an athletic type guy. He probably could play wide receiver, man, if you put him in there. You know, 
you know, he used to be a hurdler. So, you know, I'm not surprised, but I was really impressed. I, like I said, the word for me is dazzling, man. He, I can't wait to see this guy play again. Let's jump to the other side of the corner and talk about the Saints for a minute. We learned late in the uh, right before the uh, weekend got started, late on Friday, that they were going to go ahead and lift the suspensions that the NFL laid on the four bounty players that are involved in the bounty scandal, including John Velma and Will Smith, who got the start. But I would think, or you would think, that they, with that momentum going into that game in the Superdome, coming off a hurricane, coming off of losing their head coach, and everything that they've been through in the off season, having those guys come back, I thought would give them the emotional edge to beat the Redskins, and it didn't. And I think the the real reason why that didn't happen, in my opinion, was no Sean Payton. I mean, you could tell right. they didn't know sometimes right. what plays to run, how people right. get lined up. I think we we all thought that Drew Brees would be in command of the offense, but I'm wondering what do they what do they practice in training camp? They knew this was going to happen well before training right. camp started, and I don't understand the confusion they had. They couldn't get a lot of the, some of the players on the field. They had 12 men on the field lots of times for penalties. I was really surprised by the poise that, that the offense had. I mean, is Sean Payton that valuable? Did they not Absolutely. really practice for this to happen? Absolutely. You know, Drew Brees led them to a championship, but Sean Payton guided them to a championship. Big difference, you know. You you lose a coach with that much caliber, man, that much influence, and you know he's a genius at play calling. Uh, they missed that; they really did. But I, I'm not ready to write the Saints off yet. You know, Drew Brees is still Drew Brees, and he just has to take command of this team and uh, run his team just like Drew Brees would. You know, without Sean Payton. Well, speaking of the uh, Tim Tebow and the Jets, the Jets surprised everyone and went 48-28 to over the Buffalo Bills. I know you like the Bills, man, but they did not look good at all. Fitzpatrick was 18 for 32, 195 yards, three touchdowns. Mark Sanchez wasn't that better, but 19-27, 266 yards. and But he threw three touchdowns, and Stephen Hill had a coming out party. Five receptions, yes, two touchdowns. Sean Green did a great job running the ball, 27 carries and 94 yards. This Jets offense, were they playing possum all, all preseason? Is this what we can expect, three touchdowns from Sanchez? Well, yeah, I, I was very surprised at what I saw with the Jets. I, I really didn't think they were this good. I, I think they surprised themselves. I'm sure they surprised the Jets fans. But, you know, Bill did turn the ball over four times. Uh, four times to anybody is really not good. But the, uh, I think they just had a bad day. They wasn't ready to play. I think they got to look past the Jets. But the good thing they do have to rest their hat on is the running back, C.J. Spiller, man. 169 yards on 14 carries. I mean, I, that's almost 200 yards. But they lose Fred that's, Jackson in the process. But, but you lose time. right. Right, and you lose Fred Jackson. And, and, and where's the, where the pass rush that we heard Buffalo was going to have? Where, where is that at with Mario Williams and all the different all the changes they made in draft picks? Where is the pass rush at? And that, that's a good question. And I'm waiting for Rob Ryan, to, I mean, for one of the Ryan boys to start talking. Both of them backed up what they said they were going to do, Rob Ryan and Dallas and his brother up in the Jets. Uh, but, uh, I, I, I would just—I uh, I really thought the Bills was going to win this one. Uh, I must say, 
I'm not ready to buy into the Jets yet uh, because I still think, you know, it's early in the season, and we know Sanchez does have the capability of throwing three touchdowns, but we also know he can throw three picks too. So I'm not ready to write him off. I thought it was a great start. Now, if they can continue to play this way, uh, I, I see them doing great. They always had the best defense. So if they can continue on this path, you better look out. No, England. Well, and then just to wrap up some of these other games before we get to some of the other big games, the Texans beat up on the Dolphins 30 to 10. No surprise there. Tannehill didn't have right. a very good debut for him. The Buccaneers, they beat the Panthers 16 to 10. Greg Schiano, the new head coach of the Buccaneers, doing a great job. Had Josh Freeman ready to play, but really had that defense ready to play as they right. gave Cam Newton everything they can handle. Uh, the Cardinals beat up on the seat. I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, Newton had two picks in that game. They picked him and up twice. The Cardinals, the Cardinals beat up on the Seahawks 20-16. Uh, the biggest story from this game, of course, is the fact that going down was uh, Skelton, their quarterback, they won the start, and then and for him came in uh, Kevin, Cobb. Kevin Cobb. Kevin Cobb led them to a victory there. So we'll find out who's going to start after they figure out what's wrong with Skelton. And then, of course, right. the Ravens beat up on the Bengals 44-13. to Joe Flacco was great, 21 for 29, 299 yards, two touchdowns. Ray Rice had two touchdowns. And, again, this, this offense for the Ravens, they're coming known more for their offense than their, than their uh, defense, although, of course, the impeccable Ed Reed had a pick six. But I like the transformation that the Ravens are going through. They're not going to fall victim, I think, this year to what happened last year. And they're still my AFC pick, I think, to make it to the uh, Super Bowl. And how big was Slacko, man? I mean, he was really big in this game. Uh, I, I, the guy, you, you, you got it. When you talk about Todd Cordova, you got to bring his name up because every year he's gotten better and better and better. And, of course, the uh, Raiders and the Chargers. The Chargers beat the Raiders 22-14. to The Raiders had a lot of momentum. They had a lot of chances to win the game, but turnovers and penalties killed them once yeah. again. I mean, I it's, just, it's just they're penalties. making it sense to me. Yeah, and, uh, right. of course, Penalties, uh, plague. Go ahead. I'm sorry. They were penalty plague. They same old Raiders. Uh, I, I was really disappointed. McFadden had what? 32 yards running. Not I, don't really, I, don't really think that, I don't I don't think that tells the real story for what McFadden. McFadden had a lot of just all-purpose well, yeah, they, yards all together because they, they, they ran a lot of screens for him and everything right. else as well, too, because that's just where the offense for the Raiders was set up. But the head coach has got to figure something out. You can't have a player as good as Carson Palmer and, uh, and McFadden and Darius Haywood Bay and all these other guys and, and not being able to put up points. That's that's a big issue, I think. A yeah. re- really big and they, issue. And if they keep this up, they ran him like Herschel Walker. <laughs> I mean, if they keep this up, you know, 13 carries, 13, I mean, 15 carries, 13 receptions, talking about wearing a guy out, man. I mean, they can't keep this up all year, 16 games. And let's go to another game we want to spend a little time on discussing. That's the debut of Peyton Manning. The Broncos beat the Steelers 31-19. Of course, the Broncos beat the Steelers in the playoffs last year but had a different quarterback in Tim Tebow. 
But I want to talk a little bit about the debut of Peyton Manning and also the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are really, really, really hurt on the offensive line. I thought Big Ben had a decent game, 22 for 40, 20, 245 yards, two TDs. Couldn't get the running game going at all for Pittsburgh, which is they're known as a ground-and-pound type of team. But Peyton throws his 400 TD. The Broncos get the debut win. He went 19 for 26, 253 yards, two touchdowns. Definitely targeted Thomas a lot, five receptions, 110 yards. Tell me, Royce, I know the Broncos are your team. What did you think about Peyton Manning's debut? Well, like I told you all along, I'm not worried about Peyton. All Denver ever needed was his quarterback. I think they found a their John Elway of this century. Uh, the guy can still play. We know he can still throw. When they went into that no hull offense, man, I mean, it changed the whole game. Uh, typical Peyton Manning, he was in his environment. The guys picked up on it. I, I'm, I'm telling you that the Broncos are my team for the rest of the year. I'm going to roll with them. I, I think they're finally on track. Uh, great game. The defense played perfect. Uh, I, I'm not surprised. I told you so. But let me ask you, though, I mean, what, the, the biggest thing I like about what Peyton did, he stood in the pocket a lot. He took the hits when it was time to take the hits. And you had a defense right. in the Pittsburgh Steelers where they're going to do a lot of blitz. And if he's able to stand that kind of punishment, I think it's safe to say that he is he's back. He's back, man. I mean, I, I, for what I saw, he looks like the Peyton Manning of old, picking apart defenses. And you're right, when right. they went no huddle, it was a whole different game, a different ball game when they went no huddle. My only question is, why they wait to the second quarter to go no huddle? Well, <laughs> I mean, they were yeah, trying to run the ball and try to play the Tim Tebow style and and uh, 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 Kyle Horton style. They they need to play Peyton style of football and go no huddle a lot more often. Well, well I think they were playing more so. Uh, the coach wanted to play, but once uh, Peyton Manning got to the line of scrimmage, we know he was calling audibles. We know he was changing a lot of stuff. They decided to go with the two, you know, the, the quick. No other offense. Peyton got into a groove. You know, talking about being in the zone. He was in the zone. But, I, you know, I, I will say this. The Steelers were depleted. They did have a lot of injuries on that team. I don't know if that changed the outcome of the game. But I'm telling you, Peyton Manning is back. He's ready. Denver Broncos are forced to be reckoned with. And I thought the defense played great, too. Yeah, I think so as well, too. Defense, of course, led by Von Miller. Those guys had a great right. game also. So, of course, the interception by uh, Porter sealed the deal for them in that fourth yeah, quarter. That was great. Now, right. now, before we go, Royce, you had a chance to catch up with the Mavericks really quick and go through a quick press conference. I thought the press conference was a huge success. You can actually hear their press conference on our website, rfsportsradio.com, or go to TuneIn Radio and punch in RFSN to hear our live 24-hour sports talk broadcast. You were there. The, the season ticket holders got a chance to ask questions, and I think that Mark Cuban, Rick Carlisle, and the players did a good job of answering some, some pretty tough questions from the from the fans. All right. Listen, for the first time this summer, after everything we went through, and Dallas went through this summer, uh, not getting uh, anybody, we, we were worried there for a while. For the first time, I looked up on that stage when those five guys walked out I said, you know what? That's starting five right there. That that those five guys could probably compete with anybody in the league. 
Not to mm-hmm. say that they're going to win a championship, but it's finally right. starting to look just like a team. And I, I was really impressed with, with the way the guys carried themselves, some of the remarks they made. Uh, O.J. Mayo said he always wanted to come to Dallas. I didn't know that. Eldon Brand felt like he's getting another chance. I love the acquisition of Darren Collison. Chris Kamen is going to be a fourth. He, you know, he, he played on the German team. He played with Dirk. And I think finally they do have youth. They got three great rookies. I think for the first time, I mean, it's a, it's a new-look Maverick team. Those of you going to American Airlines Arena, don't expect the same thing that you saw the last couple of years. Completely different team, completely style of play. Coach Carlisle, was, he's excited, man. I think he is. He said he had been excited since his days in Detroit. But I, I, like I said, I'm starting to see a very good team out there and a very good team coming out of Dallas. All right, so make sure you guys listen for that and hear it for yourself only on RFSN and RFSportsRadio.com. We thank everyone for listening. Of course, make sure you always check us online, RFSportsRadio.com. Follow us on Twitter. Make sure you follow all of our shows and podcasts as well, too. Until next time, thank you for listening to Sports Talk from a fan's perspective. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.